0: I on 2020 episode 299 Have 2020 vision with ION 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of ION 2020. Appreciate the uh, those that continue to join me. Every Monday and Thursday for this show, I know you have lots of other podcasts that you could listen to, some that are long, some that are short, but there's plenty of other libertarians out there. There's plenty of other great podcasts out there, so anytime my listeners listen to me, I certainly do appreciate those that continue to listen and uh, give me your time during the day and let you let me share my opinions with you. That's always. Uh, that's that, That's something that I do highly appreciate. So I thank you for that. I noticed that the numbers have been growing lately as well. Uh, we definitely are making an impact in the sense of, uh, make, you know, getting other people to listen as well. Maybe it's because you've been sharing it with your friends. Maybe it's because you uh, told people about it. I don't know. Maybe it's because, you know, we're getting better better uh, placement on Apple Podcasts or some of the other podcatchers as well. When people type in Libertarian uh, Podcast maybe I show up a little bit better that way so who knows but a lot of that is because of you as well for putting those 5 star ratings and reviews into the different podcatchers that you're listening through and also sharing it with your friends through social media and so forth. So I appreciate that. I noticed the numbers are going up and it really does make me feel great to know that uh, people continue to listen. Then no, no, this Monday through Thursday format since the beginning of the year, but we have been putting together this show uh, for for about eighteen, nineteen months now or so, and I really do enjoy it. I really enjoy finding new things to talk about as well, and I've been covering the current events more than anything else lately. Uh, Ion Twenty Twenty was originally set up to be focused specifically on the election. And I started it in January of 2019, and the reason why I did that is because I, I've, I'd always wanted to do a p- podcast that is focused specifically on the election from the libertarian perspective. Uh, there really has not been other libertarian shows that only focus on the election from what I've seen. Other, there's, you know, there's plenty of other podcasts out there that do interviews and so forth, and what I just wanted to do is focus on, in on the election, which I've been trying to do. But there's a lot of current events out there that go on and with the coronavirus last couple months, now with all of the different um, protests and things that are going on, you kind of have to talk about these things. I have to talk about them because they're in the news, they're important, but also it's what the candidates are talking about as well. Donald Trump talks a lot about the need for the rule of law and things like that. And then you have uh, Joe Biden who talks a lot about you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what he talks about because he hasn't really said a lot. You know, but he does talk about how terrible Donald Trump is and leading the country. I guess is is what he's doing. And I just, the, what I wanted to talk to you guys about today was this division on what these political parties are doing, and this is something that goes back to ancient times. Of what these political parties are doing, and I, I listened to a podcast. It's called Hard, not Hardcore History. It's called a Dangerous History podcast. And if you ever want to check that out, go ahead and uh, search for a Dangerous History podcast. The, the gentleman puts together really good content about history. If you like historical perspectives, he also does it from a libertarian perspective as well. And it got me thinking about the election, but also about right now what's going on. On his last show that he did, he talked about um, the way in history, the, the vision that the, the, the leaders, the kings, the people that were in charge, they would go into places and they would attempt to cause division in order to rule over these people because if you have groups of people that you want to control... You have to get them warring against each other. You have to get them hitting each other. You have to divide them in order to conquer them. And I got to thinking about that, and it's exactly what's going on today. The politicians are there attempting to divide everybody so that they could stay ruling over us. They could stay, they could keep us, our eyes, not focused on them, but what's going on right now and they're doing it through the media, through Fox News, through MSNBC, through CNN, through the different social media outlets. Divide them, make them think that the other guy is the bad guy. Make them real make them think that the Democrats are the bad ones or the Republicans are the bad ones. Look at all those racist Republicans over there. Look at all those Democrats Democrats, those far left people that are trying to destroy this country, like that's what they're doing, not realizing the problem, not letting people be focused on the problem which is Washington, D.C., which is the ruling class, which is the bureaucracy if somebody like like talking about what's going on today if somebody is a racist individually it ver- matters very little in the grand scheme of things cuz he'll be looked at or that person will be looked at as the local racist idiot right yeah he might have a group of friends that goes around hating black people but as long as as long as they can't get the power to enforce laws Then all they're looked at is idiots, right? Especially in today's day and age. Like, no one that's blatantly racist is respected in public life. As far as I'm aware. Yeah, you say Donald Trump is racist, but like a lot of people, a lot of people feel like Donald Trump is racist, but I don't really see. I don't really notice it. It's not a blatant thing. And they say he does all these dog whistles and stuff like that to the racists. But that's because he's trying, if he is doing that, it's because he's trying to keep the power and keep those people on his side and voting for him and making them think that he is on their side. Because that's the division thing that they do. They want to divide. Those guys are bad. We're good. And vice versa. It's on both sides. They do it. And they've been doing it forever, from the very minute that people would thought about ruling over others. They realized that if I can keep those two hating each other, then they won't hate me. And if you get large groups of people that can do that, if you can get that large groups of people that you can get to hate each other, there's even more power for that person or that group of people who are ruling over others and that's what's going on right now that is what's going on right now guys they want us they want people to hate each other they want people to fight against each other they want the division because division causes causes them to have more power and then causes them to be able to offer the solutions to resolve these issues and then they offer these solutions and Then it polarizes it even more. And they get a few things through. They get a few new laws passed, which takes more power away from the people and puts more control in the federal government. And then they start to make it happen again, where they start trying to cause a division. It's an onward cycle going on and on. And it's always going on and on like that with a ruling class. It's the ruling class that's the problem though. Because they're the ones that causes cause the laws that create the systemic racism that you would talk about in the sixties and in the you know, I mean slavery was a, a law of the land. And there was laws that were on the books to protect those things. And there were laws on the book to protect the investors in the slaves. Like from a financial standpoint, most of these people that were plantation owners were hugely in debt. Up to their ears. Because they had to buy slaves. Or they bought the slaves. And then they would need more money. And the assets that they had was the slave, the essentially the livestock that they had, which was the slaves. They would take that money out to pay to, uh, you know, they'd borrow against the slaves and the estate in order to get the crop and the seeds that they need to plant those things. Like these people are hugely in debt, and there were laws on the books to protect those people that were the bankers that would loan them the money. So it was very hard to free a slave because of that. There was a whole system in place. And that was not because of a bunch of racist white people specifically. It was because... And you know what? It kind of was the result of a bunch of racist white people, essentially. Because the racism was the idea that black people were inferior to white people that they were, I mean if you read books on it the white people said that they did not have the ability to work in the southern sun but black people did, African slaves did so it was their right and their calling to do that and that was the, I don't know if everybody believed that back then but that was the propaganda that they were fed and, you're, and you believe the things that you're told especially if it comes from a scientific standpoint And that's what they believed it was. So the entire system was based upon those things. And to tear that system down was very challenging. But that was the law. All these laws were based on protecting the system that they had. And then you had the fugitive slave law that comes out. And a lot of states that were in the north wanted to... Didn't want to uphold that law. Some... Talked about success, secession from the Union because they did not want to uphold that law. They said if a black African slave comes to our state, they're considered free, and we're not sending them back to slavery. But who got those laws passed? It was people that were financially dependent upon that system, and that slave runs, and that's three to five thousand dollars in those days worth of money per slave I think is what it would cost which just think about how much that is in in modern terms that's like you know I think in modern terms one slave would cost you $30,000 sometimes $50,000 for a really good quality slave some would bring a little bit less than that you know a lot less than that depending upon who they were if they were childbearing years and so forth like there was a whole market based upon the quality of the slave And that's what i mean the system was was there to protect those things so they institute the fugitive slave act because and that was southern politicians who get those things passed in order to protect the property of their constituents and their donor class which is the rich white people the rich plantation owners but they those rich plantation owners would have had no power over those other states if that power was not vested in the federal government they wouldn't be able to go to the federal government and get a law passed that says that if you find a slave that has run from his home in Minnesota you have to return him back to South Carolina that's the, that's the state that, ch- that causes those things so we need a system in place where there's limited government That is a quality argument for limited government, is racist policies cannot be implemented if you have less government, if you have limited government. Adolf Hitler, the most racist person to ever live, if he was just some random person preaching in a bar racism, yeah, a few people would like him and they might might follow him and they might build a little group of people that hate Jewish people and think that the Aryan race is the best race and all that crap. But as soon as he has the power vested in a monopoly on force, which is government, that's when he has the power to start legally killing people. Or legally taking people into trains and sending them to, them to different places. It was a death camp started in like the 1940s or something like that, but originally... It was just, it was one thing upon another, one power upon another that he enacted until finally it comes to death camps. People rationalize that and it's okay. But if the government of Germany did not have, if a government of Germany was limited and didn't have that power to do those things, it's that authority that people perceive of the government that allows people to make decisions like that, that would lead to slavery, that would lead to Jim Crow laws, even that would lead to a Holocaust. Adolf Hitler, just as a racist individual, has no power. It's the government that gives him that power so anyway the the thing that the other thing that I wanted to talk about today was the what you're hearing in the news as of late, which is this whole polarized issue on statues being torn down, right? Like, you have Fox News saying, oh, this is our history, this is you know, these people are just a mob and they're going and tearing down statues and all this stuff and we need to protect our history and you see, they're trying to protect their this uh, South Dakota governor is going to protect the uh, the big, what was it called? You, you know what it is out in South Dakota. It's uh, Mount Rushmore. I'm sorry, I, I, I wasn't even planning on saying that, but it just came to my mind. The Mount Rushmore, you know, that's out there in South Dakota, they said they're going to protect it with force if they have to because people are talking about tearing that down. But all these different statues that are out there that are of historical figures. And people are so worried about them being torn down. And it's become a polarized issue. And they figured out how to turn that into the news story. That the protesters are tearing down statues. And that's what they want. They want that polarization. They want to divide you. They want to get one people on one side and one people on the other. Look at all those terrible people tearing down the statues. Look at all of us who are civilized people and vice versa. Look at all those racists who are trying to defend these statues of people that are that were once slave owners and stuff. And let me tell you my opinion on it to I mean just so you know where I stand, every single statue that's up there, basically, most of them were put up by local municipalities or local groups or whatever that were allowed to put those statues up. Um, Honestly, I can care less either way, whether they stand up or not, right? My personal feeling is that these statues are just these big Think these hero worship ideas of worshipping the state power if you're a war hero and you have a statue of you because you were a general in the army or if you are you know you're represented up there as a confederate general I don't care if you're a good person or a bad person I don't care if you're a slave owner or not you're looking at that particular statue and all that is is The state saying, look at the power that we have. You go to Washington, D.C., you have the Lincoln Memorial out there. And are we supposed to hero worship Abraham Lincoln? Are we supposed to hero worship George Washington? Like, those are, in my opinion, it's a hero worship type thing. And it is a... It's what the state does and the federal government does in order to create a mythology around the founding of their government, which instills in your mind... The idea that you need to protect those things, that you need to love that history, and so forth, and it just—it's—it's it's what the state does in order to. I mean, look at all the Roman in ancient Rome and ancient Greece. You had the different areas of the city that were dedicated to the Roman gods because that was the state religion in the arcs or the arches that they would erect and they were just symbols of the greatness of our country and look at us we're so great look at us not us but look at the state that we have look at the leaders that we have look at these people they're so great that's what a statue is essentially is erected to for the for the state to say look how great we are but i don't think the state is great i don't think war is great i don't think conquering other places is great the only memorials we should have are ones like the Vietnam Veterans Memorial where it has a list of every single person that died in vain because the state sent them over there to fight a war that was unjustified those are the types of memorials we should have Of look what the federal government did they lied us into a war and these are the people that had to suffer because of that yes those were great people who would have had a great life ahead of them and their name is enshrined on a a wall that goes on for hundreds of hundreds of feet I think there's like 56,000 people on that wall and that's the type of memorials that I'm okay with. Not the hero worship and stuff. But you know what? I might be, you know, you might have your own opinion on those things. I don't, I mean, I, everyone's entitled to their opinions. But that's the type of memorials we should have. Memorials that say, look how terrible World War I was. Look how terrible World War II was and Vietnam War. These people, people that lose their lives. 18, 19, 20-year-olds that have their lives cut short because a government wants to send them to fight. That's what I... That, that's, the, that's my feeling on these things. So, I mean, and like I said, everyone's entitled to their feelings. Everyone's entitled to their opinion on that. And I don't necessarily say America's not a great place. America's not a great country because it is a great country. It's the people that make it a great country, not the government. The government does not make it a great country. The government is there to be limited. That was the intention of the Founding Fathers, to limit the government, to figure out ways to put limits on the stranglehold that government will have on people. Put limits on the federal government so it doesn't infringe upon the states. That's what it's there for. or That's what they intended. And now look at the government that we have now look at the government they're having. so these people are tearing down the statues they're doing all that and this is my main point so let's get off the subject of just the statues in general of, of, of my feelings on them but the press has managed to turn the conversation away from the root of the protests the root of the protest was George Floyd's killing the murder of George Floyd that's what the protests originally started from right. Not it was police brutality. It wasn't racism. I don't think that that police officer was necessarily racist, but he was acting upon a premise that this is a high crime area. We're going to be patrolling this area, or whatever. This this gentleman did something. He was you know seen using a counterfeit bill or something like that. And now I have my my knee on his throat and I kill him. And I said it originally, it's not a matter of racism, it's a matter of authority. Perception of authority that this officer had that said that he's allowed to do this unquestioned. And all those people around that were questioning what he was doing, they were wrong. I'm right, I'm going to dig in, I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing, because I'm the authority in this situation and you're not all you people with cameras that are doing this. And every officer that's around did the same thing. They all perceive themselves as the authority in that situation, unquestioned. And if you try to come near me, I will reach for my gun. And if you continue to come near me, I'll shoot you if I have to. That's the authority that these officers have. And that's where the conversation needs to stay. But no the conversation has turned to racism the conversation has turned to confederate flags the conversation has turned to nooses in a NASCAR driver's or supposed nooses in a NASCAR driver's garage and it becomes a big deal the conversation has turned to tearing down statues of racists all across the world now and all across the country and the focus is not on police brutality at this point the focus is not on limiting the authority that police officers have it's only half on that, it's not even halfway on that if you listen to the news all day today and all day yesterday you'll see what they're talking about, it's not police brutality so the protesters have figured out a way to ruin their own message and it's terrible because they're wanting to because and I don't I don't know what's going on. I think that there's got to be people behind this that are focusing on the wrong things. Cuz these are these are slightly spontaneous events, but I don't think that they're spontaneous. I think some of them might be. But there's a hidden agenda behind every single group, every single cause. Not like a conspiratorial agenda, but just like a a group of... A small group of people that have the power to get other people out there and protest. And let's go tear down monuments. We gotta get rid of all the racism. Do Do those monuments make police officers go out there and put their neck... Or their knee on the neck of George Floyd? No. Does the Confederate flag flying make that those things happen? Probably not. It's the authority and the power that these officers and that political leaders think that they have over you and I that cause these things. And that's where the needs, that's where the focus needs to stay. And that's, that's my belief on that, you know? And the the press... The media attention is in the wrong place. That's because the protesters have gone from, from what I see anyway, they've gone from protesting to now the focus was on the riots and the burning and the looting. No longer on police brutality. And then it gets focused in on tearing down statues, not police brutality, but it needs to stay on police brutality. The signs need to be police brutality, not racism. But somebody has managed to steal that message away. And that was a good message. That was a very good message. So hey guys, I appreciate you joining me. Like I said in the beginning of the show, I see the numbers rising, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for sharing it with your friends. Thanks for five-star ratings and reviews. Very helpful uh, if you want to, you can go ahead and check it out IonTheEmpire.com. You can also look at IonTheEmpire on Facebook and on Twitter. You can like that page on Facebook, and then you'll get any news stories that I publish as well. News stories that I cover. If you want to, you can message me that way as well. If you ever just want to, you know, um, throw some ideas my way or give your opinion on things, whatever, that's cool. And then you, what you can do uh, is five-star ratings and reviews. Those are the most helpful thing so that other people can find the show as well, besides you sharing it with your friends. And then from there, uh, come on back every Monday and Thursday and continue to listen. And uh, why don't you do this? Come on back on thir- on Monday next week, and you could have clear vision for 2020.